This is the Unscripted Podcast. We're sorry y'all couldn't see our new scene that Ben was supposed to create. Yeah, well, he created it, but he, he just wanted to hold on to it. That's a problem. Yeah. He, he said he's got it. He's too busy dating a girl mm-hmm. to upload a thing on the podcast. Maybe we should get Ben on here and talk about dating techniques or something. You know, what do you think about that? Listen now, he's... uh. He, <laughs> he, he needs a little more, more experience. experience. <laughs> nah, he's uh he's locked down. He's locked down a good one right now. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, choosing mates is a big. She thing, felt man. sorry for him. I don't think he's like had a date in like, at, I mean, at least eight months. Well, it's kind of like our dog. You know, we got a dog now. You seen our little dog? Yeah, I saw your little dog. I was welding a boat for um. Ben, we're just messing with you. For one of our shepherds, he had he had poked a hole in the boat, and mm-hmm. so we had to. We actually had to flip it over with the tractor. You had to bungee, I mean, a ratchet strap and then flip it over and weld the, the boat up because it was where it was at. You couldn't get to it to weld it. For our listeners that don't know what a ratchet strap is, will you tell them what that is? You know, like you dog down something <laughs> on your truck, you <laughs> yeah, know? And, and uh, the little dog showed up over at If the you're home. still listening to this podcast and you don't know what a ratchet strap is by now, <laughs> man. Well, welcome to the. We probably podcast. have ratchet strap in our demographic, you know, yeah. and the um. But the little dog showed up, and she's a cute little dog. So mm-hmm. we just been feeding her, you know, and let. But she stays outside. Yeah, you know, she we don't let her in the house. It's fine if you love your dogs and you want your dogs to be in the house, Don. But we don't love our dogs enough to let them in the house, and so. Our dog is just gonna stay outside. The boys go out there and play with her, and you know they're learning. They're learning hard lessons now. Mm-hmm. Like last night, Bo, you know, you hear him screaming. You're like, "What's the matter?" You go out there, and the dog chewed the head off one of his dinosaur toys. <laughs> <laughs> that he left in the yard. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, Can't leave it in the yard anymore. Yep, yep. I told Bo. I said uh, I was pulling in last Wednesday for the shop class, and. Uh, and the little dog, your your new little dog was coming out there to greet us at the road. You know, we couldn't get in the driveway because mm-hmm. we didn't want to run over a little scruffy or what'd y'all name it? Ginger. Ginger. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to run over Ginger. So I was, so I rolled down the window and said, Bo, call your dog. Bo, call your dog. He's like, come here, dog. Come here, dog. And he's, he's running out there and he, he, I'm, he was probably calling the name or whatever. And dog wasn't listening to Bo, you know, mm-hmm. I said, Oh, you need to start feeding it by hand. You know, mm-hmm. hand feed it, and that dog will follow you everywhere you go. Say that again. I said you need to hand feed it. So, okay, All I know right. we're talking podcast, but but can you come over and give us a few pointers on this? Yeah, absolutely. Like tomorrow morning when you come for class, mm-hmm. can you spend some time with Aiden and I mean with uh, Liam and Bo? Yeah. So the the idea is that if I said if you just I said if you want to be lazy with your dog, your dog won't listen to you. But if you hand feed, if if every piece, of, so with with our dog, every bite of food that he got the first six months of his life came from one of our hands. Oh wow! And so, oh, that makes sense when you say hand feed. I didn't know what you meant. Yeah. So hand like, if feed. if he wants to, if he wants to, if he wants a bite, he's gonna have to work on it. Well, so you know, sit, sit, sit. Well, finally, naturally, that dog will sit, and then he's like, he gets rewarded. He's like, okay. So then, well, the, I've always heard you ain't supposed to feed like um the them people that have them um real fancy like rescue dogs and mm-hmm. stuff like that are we good over there? y'all sure are you know we good, yeah, we good. okay we got, got a new well, y'all now we got a new production team got a yeah, new production right. member today right. don and the man's joining us ben's just trying to pawn it off he's over here smitten yeah. is what it is he can't think straight you but know? like you're talking about like cadaver dogs or something yeah cadaver dogs like we had a guy back home 
that was like literally he and there was only three of these dogs in the world. They were rubble dogs. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was like when he would go to, he was a deacon, uh, like uh, I, I, this dates it. And I don't remember when this was, there was this huge earthquake in Iran. He worked for FEMA. He yeah. had a contract with FEMA or whatever. And when the dog, uh, when when uh, they would like <laughs> building falls down, mm-hmm. right? And so they searching need to, for dead bodies or survivors. Yeah, but it yeah. would only think it was only taught to think when it was on a rubble pile. Yeah. So if it was like in the yard, sit right, whatever mm-hmm. the command was, he taught it in German, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the dog was, the command for the dog was, that's what he taught the dog. You know, the, to tell the dog, but it could think when it was on the rubble pile by itself. Mm-hmm. And um, so he told me, because he used like this little, I mean, it looked like a little sewed up sock is all it was. You know, like he had just, you know, when the dog would do a good, he would give him that sock as a reward mm-hmm. instead of food. Yeah. And he said, you weren't supposed to give him food. Why is Why, why would he say that and so, you say something different? So for some for some dogs, uh, it's... Is different, but they they you can trace every. This is kind of this goes back to the biblical thing, you know. They didn't take a great Pyrenees, and they didn't take a Chihuahua, and they didn't take a a bulldog on the ark. Why didn't they for? And so you know, God God created. Don's over here thinking, why didn't they take the bulldog? They, they created the they created the the cane. God created the canine, right? And so when you take two of every kind, right? You know the the. The one, you can you can get many different species from you know from the the one original. Well, yeah, I mean the y'all got a what is he a German Shepherd? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read an article a while back, and it was talking about the dogs that um, all these frou frou dogs we have nowadays. Yeah, you know these you know Peking Poodleies or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and. Labrador, Labradoodles, Retrievadoodles, yeah, well, Retrievadors. Yeah, you pay yeah, all, all his things. money for them. Yeah. And then if you, if they we go don't. to. Me and Chris don't. If, <laughs> yeah, mine's a show up dog, <laughs> right, okay? Right. If they go to the pound, then they're just a mutt to the mm-hmm. pound because yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's not a golden full, retriever full or yeah. a poodle. You know, they haven't lived long enough or, or had their lineage established long enough to actually be um, AKC standard mm-hmm. or whatever. But. You know the the, um, so you're saying that we need to feed- so, so different so different different dogs do they have different drives and so uh, like so for a bomb and arson dog for for a bomb dog they train them only on food their their reward is a food their reward is not a ball so so like a so my drug dog when I had him in as in the sheriff's office he was he had such a uh, he, and oftentimes dogs are trained on on their their kill prey instinct. Like squirrels out in the yard, I'm gonna go try to kill it. Dog chases it, but can't catch it. Same way that they a, a dog chases after a ball, it's their kill prey instinct. I chase something that moves, and I grab it with my mouth, and so that's their kill prey instinct. And so to train a a, a dope dog, you put him in the odor of a certain narcotic. And then if his instinct has been uh, that I'm going to react to that, um, and so if they're an aggressive alert dog, they're kind of, they're trying to dig for that odor, but they know that their their ball has has been introduced, and so you get them in that odor, they're already smelling it. And then all of a sudden, oh my, my tennis ball just showed up. Oh, uh, okay. And so and so they're that's like, the reset. It's the reset for them. And then but but for passive dogs, dogs that would be like Bob and Chris, they're like they get in the odor and they're like. They sit down, you know, 
And then they understand when I sit down, my my ball shows up. So that's how I come out. I, I watch them on Cops sometimes. You know the um, I, I like the old Cops episodes. Like there's this uh, yeah. app called Pluto or something like that, and they have just a Cops channel. Mm. And so what when you want, but yeah, when they show up and they got like a ninety two. Uh, caprice yeah. i'm like this is gonna be a good one <laughs> this is when they still thump people in the head yeah. you know <laughs> and so the uh you know they show up and like sometimes a dog they'll bring him out to like look in the car or whatever mm-hmm. and then he'll sit down yeah and sometimes he'll bark and kind of yeah. like, so they'll scratch so my dog he would scratch you know he he was trying to get after it and so then then when he got old he was like 13 when we retired him he would show up and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> just hit it with his paw. He's like, he's old I, know, man. I know this thing's supposed to do. Right, like the, my, and then he would chase his toy. So he's turned into the old guy that's just like, hey, I'm right. backing out, hit reverse, and y'all need to watch out for me. Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm just coming out of my he's driveway. Like, it's in there. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm going to lay down to y'all feed me. But but that's so it just depends on the different dog type. But here's the thing every dog has to eat. And so if he doesn't have a good food drive today, don't feed him. And, Say that again. What do you mean? Okay, by that? so so if he's if he's if he's paying attention to you, like if you just gave him a whole bowl of food, same way with you and me. If we just get done with the, your wife ever tell you, uh, you know, you're sitting there eating Chinese, and it's like, what do you want for supper? It's like, yeah, I'm I, I'm stuffed right I, now. I don't think about food. I don't think about that. Yeah, exactly. So same. So if you want the dog to be really paying attention to food, you know, feed him feed him this morning, but then when you want to start working with him, don't feed him tonight. Start working with him with hand feeding tomorrow morning, and he's like, "All right, you got the food. I'm, I'm all ears." Yeah, because I don't want her to train us. Exactly. You know, like so. It's like with our kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so, you, so you, I told, so I told Boa said, so if you, if every time you whistle for that dog, if you give it a treat, so the best thing to get is a little Lowe's nail bag. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you just tie it around. You keep doggy food in it that would be his normal dog food and so if the dog's gonna get a cup of food a day you put that cup of food in inside the bag and so then they get like 18 snacks throughout the day instead of one bowl one bowl <laughs> food so they're like oh you're gonna give me the bowl i ain't gonna work for it mm-hmm. but then it's like uh every time bow goes come here ginger and, and if he's consistent then ginger comes because ginger knows oh i just got a little i heard that whistle and then i got this food so then you know whenever you got when when Ginger's out by the road or there's some kind of scare thing and you really whistle for your dog, you know, then they'll come for you or whatever. And so this is good information yeah. that you're telling me here. But but it's the same way with us. Like it, it, you think about our father in heaven that, you know, you hear the saying, don't break the hand that feeds you. Right. And, uh, and so we understand that our father is a, might. as a shepherd, you know, he, he leads me beside the still waters. He, yeah. he makes me lie down in green pastures and there's, uh, so the way that he leads me, and so the the sheep understands the trust side of it, and so the dog will understand the trust side of it, and so the more that you live as a Christian, the more that you realize the blessings of God, the blessings of being around His people, the blessings of being in the church, the blessings of having uh, great mentors in the church that are there, the blessings of whenever I put God's word in in my life every day on a consistent basis, okay, these things are paying off in my spiritual life. And so I understand that now God's leading me. And so, okay, I do, I do want to feast on him. I do want to feed on him. And, and well, that's uh, part of the, tra- you know, and, 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 you know, I was thinking about like, I don't want the dog to train us either, mm-hmm. you know, cause like in the morning, I don't know, it's about between six thirty and seven. You kind of hear the dog like, like stand at the door, you know, coming in from the garage, you know, mm-hmm. and she'll scratch like, Hey, 
Y'all need to feed me. Mm-hmm. And but we don't want the dog to think that she can train us because that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, and, and that'll happen with us with the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the world will train us. The world will, will get us to think these things. Like, like, let me tell you how good of an evangelist I used to be, Bob. I used to be such a good evangelist that literally I could judge whether somebody would obey the gospel or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was so good at that. That was before you. That was before you uh, had studies with plenty of people. Then, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I could look and be like, "He'll never obey the gospel." Yeah, right. You know, but you know what happened is the world trained me to think that way, and so we got to get out of that. That's what happened to me, and I met Bach. You know, <laughs> right. I was like, "There's no way this is gonna, you know, happen or whatever." And then, you know, we're, we're sitting up there Sunday night, you know, singing with our our with the kids, you know on on the singing emphasis night and you know a little ash gets up there to sing yeah. amazing grace and man i mean i was just biting back the tears you know <laughs> just because i see their family and while they'll tell you you know over and over again we still have our challenges but it's like they've been coming around since 2017 mm-hmm. you know and ash is literally consistently consistently he's growing up in the church yeah because people decided that they would they would obey God's word and strive to make big changes in their life as they go along and as they learned. And, um, you know, Bach never smiles at me when I'm singing, you know, but Ash is up there and Bach is, He's, I've never seen him sing some chewing like yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but you know, it was, I don't know the, just the, the ways of the Lord and his providence and, and just seeing how he's working in people's lives. and Well, he's still teaching us, too. All the time. I mean, that's a blessing is that, you know, I, I don't know if you ever pray this prayer, and, and I'm sure you pray one like it, but, you know, you, something happens and you stop and you think, like, I know you said that, you know, like in, in the Bible, in the way, in the Word, some kind of way. I know you said that, but thanks for teaching me. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks. Thanks for teaching me about it. And and you talking about to the Lord or to somebody? To the or, Lord, yeah, right? right. Like you know, you teach these things. Like um, yeah, you know they'll 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 know you by your love, mm-hmm. right? You know, we just had a recent kind of thing that happened because of the way that our church loved on a on a family. Mm-hmm. You know, and this person on the outside is now coming to the inside because of the way that our church family loved on this on this family. And you think about that draw and you, you teach these lessons, you know, Jesus says these things and, and all this stuff. And you realize like you teach them, but you don't quite understand them sometimes. And so when somebody steps up and says, I just want to be part of this because of the way that you guys loved on this, on this family, that's, that's pretty powerful. And that's pretty special. And, and, and I know I've probably taught that lesson before, but then you have to stop and say, just thank you, Lord, for just keeping on teaching me, seeing me, stupid and worthy enough to still be taught and so make my heart soft so that i'll always be taught and i can still learn these lessons like this yeah it's um that that was one of the things yesterday you know yesterday was martin luther king jr day and um it's uh it's special that that uh that don's in here with us and um but i i think about you know martin luther king junior and the the things that he's tried to do to, to break down you know racism and segregation and things in the in in the world and so yesterday you know we have our manic mondays and things and so um 
Manic Mondays is something we do with our youth. It's uh, I don't ever tell them what we're doing. Um, that we may be doing a service project or we may be going, uh, you know, playing laser tag or whatever. And so, yesterday, uh, our Manic Monday didn't tell them what we're doing, but we went and got food, and then we were going going bowling. But I tried to be real pointed with how we did our devotional. And I don't know if your boys talked to you about that or anything um, yesterday or not, but the uh, we talked about it in Bible time last night. Yeah, and so this, um, you know, I met this guy out in um, out in the community a few years ago, just selling okra. And as we pulled up to buy the okra from his place, I saw this historical plaque. And I like going and reading those things when I have time. And so I went and, and uh, looked at it, and um, it's the plaque of Vernon F. Dahmer Senior. And um, he was a he was a businessman and a farmer from 1908 to 1966. And, uh, and so he was a man that really stood up for, for, uh, voting rights of all people. But he also, he tried to, during the segregation movements and things, he tried to, uh, he tried to do things of, uh, to break down barriers. And, and he, he was a leader of the NAACP in the, the chapter, down here but he was uh there was even things that he tried to do with put with pulling in um white people to work at the polls as well because he wanted to break down barriers on a lot of ways and so he caught a lot of flack from naacp people like bringing white people into like the bringing black, white people into the, the black area yeah that's right and so he he caught flack by those things too and this guy was he was a mixed race and he could have actually passed in some ways if he would if he wanted to check white he could have because he had that kind of thing in his family he was biracial and so but he chose not to do that and um anyways long story short he uh i think it was in 19 it was in the 50s that he chose to um he was going to to re-up here in forest county and try to get um oh do his voting rights again or whatever. I don't know. I, I can't remember what it was anyways, but he was trying to reschedule. Well, there was a guy um, that was that said, yeah, you can uh, you can resubmit your forms if you can tell me how many bubbles are in a bar of soap. And, like, that's the, the, and, and so I was sharing that with the kids yesterday that, like, while, while today for MLK on a Monday for you kids is, oh, I get to sleep in <laughs> – uh, oh, we can go do stuff with our friends. Like, there was real racial prejudice things that that really went on, and and you every time that you have the opportunity to assemble with the church, and every time that you have the opportunity to go out in outings where where we are white, black, Hispanic, Asian working together. Um, I said you're breaking down barriers, but but a lot of times youth, you know, we're real good at nipping at each other a lot, you know, and one upping each other and cutting each other down, and yeah. and uh, and and so stupid I, kids, stupid kids, <laughs> we, we do it too. But but the point was was that we were just reading things from First John and how that you're going to be known by your love, and how can you say that you love God and you hate your your brother and and who you've seen when you and, and say that you love God who you've not seen, right? And and so we just had a good moment out there. Well, this guy eventually, like he, him and some others were on a on a lawsuit against against this uh against this guy who was showing so much prejudice in in that. Well, he even testified in court, 
and uh and it wasn't long later that the the uh some some knights from the Ku Klux Klan came and they were much of them making threats but they firebombed his house and were shooting guns in his house and so he protected his family and allowed them to get out of the house but he was severely burned and was burned in his lungs and uh went to the hospital and eventually uh he um he was he just he succumbed to his, his the problems but he wasn't allowed to vote for 12 years because of of racial things that were going on but anyways he worked so hard for this but it, he was just a he was just a staple in our own community of somebody who who was standing up for for the rights of other people and um and and was somebody who was trying to break down barriers you know in the 50s and 60s 70 years ago you know yeah and, and you know I, I, you know you think about you know, you said this thing with First John that um, how can you love your brother, hate your brother who you've seen, mm-hmm. and then say I love Jesus who I haven't, right? Well, you know, it's it's the way that God kind of gives us these. So you think about this scenario that what God does is he could have just written a rule book. Yeah. You know, he could have just gave us a book. Could have said, raised up robots. He could have gave us the book and said, don't do these things, and then walked away. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, right? right? He gives us this book that's got explicit rules in it. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. There's just explicit things that I can and can't do. Yeah. And because of that, you know, God gives us this blessed thing of these people that surround the rules so that we can then look backwards and we can see how these people what god meant when he said these things right so so when god said don't commit adultery it was never about where you take your britches off right well that's part of it right he wanted to change their hearts yeah he wants you to understand that that man the marriage is a special place and and you got to raise your boys and your girls and and they need to know that mom and daddy are are always going to be there that daddy loves mama only mama loves daddy only. Mm-hmm. And, and so what God does then is he gives us these rules, right? He gives us this, these, whatever you want to call it, commandments, however you want to say it, whether it's old Testament, new Testament, right. patriarchal period, whatever, you know, time dispensation you want to hold on to. And then he gives us these people that kind of surround these events. And so then we get to see what happens when they do successfully complete what the Lord tells them to do, not as an obligation, just like you were talking about Noah bringing the dogs on the ark. You know, our dogs, you know, we're trying to figure out a way to program our dogs to come, right? But they'll never understand the philosophy of why it's important for them to be obedient to us. Mm-hmm. They're just going to learn what you're telling me, and in your right, you're using their instinctive nature. Mm-hmm. That they need to eat. They need to they need to secure a food source. So right. you're using their instinctive nature that God programmed them with then to make them viable to understand how to form habits. Yeah. Right. Well, that's not what God wants us to do. God doesn't want to use our instinctive nature to help us form habits. He wants us to understand that there are something things about our nature that are detriments to us. Mm-hmm. And but they're also in the same stroke of the pen, they're a blessing to us. So your desires to want to have children, your sexual desire, mm-hmm. that's a perfectly normal and blessed thing to have. But God gave us the perfect place to do it at. He gave us a standard, right? He gave us a standard. And then he, then we got to see what happens. With the hus- with one man and one woman in their marriage. Let's we'll exactly classify right. that. That's exactly right. And, and so, you know, you, you think about those things in your life. And, and so God, what he does is he gives us all these characters. So we get to see when people are successful in their marriages. 
Ruth and I mean um, mm-hmm. Boaz. I mean Boaz and what's the name? Um, Naomi or <laughs> Ruth? Ruth? Huh? No, I said it right. I said it right at first. I was thinking Rahab in my head, but you know, you you go from Rahab, mm-hmm. who is this, who's always named the harlot, right? Mm-hmm. This prostitute that comes out, and then she is the grandmother of Boaz. That Boaz takes on this Ruth as this character, Naomi scenario here, and they have one of the most pictured. Uh, I think she. I think she was uh, Boaz's mama. Well, I thought she was his grandma, but either way, yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that you get one of the best pictures of a marriage from this scene, and what you see is these two people when they become one. You know, there's just this awesome love scene that we hold up forever, and and you know, as far as a historical value and us being able to look back at what a successful marriage looks like. Yeah, and Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Salmon begot Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. So Rahab was Boaz's mama. Okay, his mama. Yeah, that's then. Matthew one five. All right. Well, either way. Yeah, yeah. so and, and that's what's the cool thing is is uh and, and I I gotta say this before we go any further, is like that's what God wants with his people is he wants love to be a pattern that he's led us by to where it's it breaks down those barriers residually. And so you have you have one generation later in the story of, of Rahab and Boaz with Ruth, Boaz is the he's the one who's who's Ruth is gleaning in his field. Yeah, and you that think, was a God's law. And but you think about not only that, Bob, but think about how maybe I shouldn't say perfect, but uh, so let's just take a step back. Rahab, Gentile, mm-hmm. right, she comes into the to the fold of Israel with Salmon, right, converts yeah. to Judaism, obviously, yeah, right. She comes into the fold of Judaism. Then they learn the law so explicitly that when Ruth is discovered as as an available, uh, uh, what do you want to say, potentially available mate, mm-hmm. that Boaz says, "Who is the next of kin?" Right. He's asking this question because there was a a, a, a pecking order God had preserved for for a very special reason, so that the lineage would be right, so that the mm-hmm. the uh, what do you call it the when you give your stuff away what's it, inheritances Inheritance. all that stuff would be right all that stuff was written in there, and so Boaz he asked his question like who's the one that will redeem her who's the near kin that's that was learned from his mama who was a Gentile yeah right that that her faith starts with fear mm-hmm. you know Roa, when when Israel shows up they say. She says, "Our hearts melted. We heard of the terror that you performed in Israel." We Egypt. heard what your God did. Yeah, all, it starts with faith. I mean, her faith starts with fear, mm-hmm. and then it develops into into uh, the foundation. And and the woman who had never seen the the Red Sea part or what God forty did, years, Bob. She did, this she, is forty years later when they're entering Jericho. She she had more faith than the people who actually saw it. That's right. She had more belief in God, and it came out in her in her statements. And and so, as you said, this was a for Ruth. God's law was: if you own a field, don't don't combine your corners. Yeah. Don't pick your corners. Leave the corners. Leave the corners for the poor. And if you drop a piece of grain on the ground, it's going to leave it. Don't pick it up. Don't right. put it in the bag because that's going to be for the gleaners. That's for the poor. And just think about what God did with that, right? I mean, instinctively, our nature is give me. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Give me, give me, give me. Give me. You know, like our, that's that's my field. Get out. Put up a no trespassing sign. And, and on the other side of the coin, if if I want something and I'm and and mm-hmm. like let's just say that that for whatever reason my crops didn't grow this year and I just I just you know had a bad year or whatever. Well, you know, instinctively, I want you to just give it to me. Mm-hmm. That's our in- instinct, right? Because says, no, you can't do that. There, there's going to be a twofold to this. Like you're going to leave the corners of your fields. And then the poor people, they're going to still have to come and work for it. Mm-hmm. So your instinct of wanting to garner it all, right. you're going to work against that. And then you that wants to just just um, put it in a sack and I'll come by and pick it up. Like I've had people come call me before wanting benevolence help and say, you mind if I come by and look, see what you got? I say, absolutely, I do. Mm-hmm. I certainly mind that because you'll get what we give you. And I ain't trying to be mean about it, but yeah. I'll tell Jessica, you know, like back home when we used to buy the church supplied, you know, like they would have like a, a month, like Jessica kept up with it. It'd be like, you'd pick a leaf off a tree this month and you'd go get beans and you go get mm-hmm. corn or whatever to put in our food pantry. Well, I, Jessica and I, we just agreed. Like if we buy Walmart beans, they get Walmart beans, you know, yeah, so they're right. going to eat just like we are. And so that way, when they call and say, you mind if I come by and look and see what you got? No, you can't do that. Yeah, when we do disaster relief, you can always tell because, you know, we, we have a truck that comes in with $86,000 worth of stuff, and that's a blessing to be in the church of Christ. And listen, folks, when there's nobody who has deeper pockets than the Lord. Amen. You got a disaster that comes through, you you got a disaster relief truck that will come in with $86,000 roughly. With, with a I bet tra- it's more now when eggs are $5 or yeah, 3 Yeah, a tractor-trailer tractor load. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so you um, – you know, what are you going to do with that money? But we're all, you know, whenever I go in these disasters, in these disaster zones, we try to teach these churches like God has given you $86,000 worth of stuff. He's pouring it on He's you right now. He's pouring it on you right now. A and, truckload of blessings. And another truckload can come in later. How are you going to use this to teach the gospel mm-hmm. to people? And so that's one thing that, that we're trying to do. It's like, all right, we've made 11 disaster relief trips in the last three years. And, and we're trying to, to do these things with, with with churches and it's it's more than just our personal evangelism, but like trying to get them to be evangelistically minded about this. Well, it fights against our nature, exactly. And so you, it goes back to this thing that God gives us these, you know, historical. Like you're talking about this historical figure that that while it was a great blessing, you know what what this person did for not just black people but everybody mm-hmm. because you know we all learn those lessons that way, yeah. right? And the but God gives us this book. With all these rules in it, that we when we look at it that way, that there's this book full of rules. It's just a book of rules. And, and what happens is, is I try to figure out ways to not do it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, here, here, this is. Let me tell you a perfect example. I walked out of um, the clinic last night. I went to the clinic, and uh, it was about dark. And when I got there, I was walking up, and the security guard. He reminded me of the guy. Do you remember the Andy Griffith episode where the bank robbers come in and the security yes. guard is asleep? Yes. And so this old guy was sitting up there and I, and I, when I was walking up, I talked to him. I was like, Hey man, how you doing? He didn't say a word. I was like, you doing all right? Nothing. When I got up to him, I waved and he said, he waved at me. So he's deaf as a coot. I assumed, you know, he just couldn't hear nothing. As so, a coot. So I'll go inside. I do my deed. Right. And I come back out and he's sitting at the front and he's reading a, a, a novel type book. Security guard. Yeah, it's a no, it's a big thick book and where are you at again? At the place in Pedal where Shannon works oh, yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy too. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? He's yeah. an old guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh the so I, I walk out the door and he's reading a novel, you know, at the front door, which is fine. Yeah. You know, I mean the um 
So I was like, what you reading? And he said, I'm reading where all these preachers are wrong. And I was like, okay, what do you mean? And he closes the cover. Well, somebody had bought him the message Bible. Oh. And I thought, well, maybe he's discovered some truth in here. Mm-hmm. And this will be an excellent way that I can segue into a conversation with y'all. Him. That's a watered down translation, just so you know. And the message. Well, and I, I'm going to get into yeah, it. Go ahead. Because he says, I read right here where it says, you know, a man can have as many wives as he wants, but is, but the sin is when I go back to the first one. That's an abomination. I said, where's that at? He said, I don't remember where I read it at. It's just in there. I just saw it. He said, I've heard about all these preachers all their lives preaching against divorce, and I read it right here. And so I said, let me just show you. Can I just show you some things in here? So I picked it up, and I thumbed through it, and I haven't never, I mean, in my board, it when you say watered down, mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, Bob, it is watered down. I can take a lot of translations and lead a lot of people to Jesus the right way. And but, but this one, man, and, and so I showed him some real expl- – I was going to, like, show him some exp- – That one's one, dangerous. Then I thought, well, this will be explicit here. No. Nothing. Nothing. And so – and I told him, I said uh, – uh, I said, he said, well, how do we know our translations are right? And, I mean, you know, I got sawdust all over me. I'm yeah. nasty, you mm-hmm. know. And so I was like, well, if you got a minute, I, I'd like to explain that to you. And – he said, go ahead. I want to hear this. So I, I talked to him about how we got our translations and everything. And he said, um, um, he said, well, how do you know that we got the right ones? Uh, so we went through and we worked through some of those things and we had it. We had a good conversation with it. And I told him, I said, listen, I said, the challenge with this is the, the challenge with what you're reading is this. I said, can I give you some advice? And he said, sure. I said, this is going to tell you what you want to hear. I said, the Bible is going to tell you what you need to hear. I said, so what you have here is not a Bible. It's just a book now. But if you go in there and get the Bible, because I was, they, they have a Bible in it because I was reading it. And I was sitting there in the waiting room reading the Romans 2, 3, and 4 last night is what I read in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And so I know they got a Bible in there. And I said, that's a Bible. This is a book. Ain't nothing wrong with reading books. But this is going to tell you what you want to hear. That one will tell you what you need to hear. And I wasn't mean or anything mm-hmm. like that, but he needed to know. Like he, he And I said, I said so because when he said the thing about uh, mar- or marriage and divorce or mm-hmm. whatever, and I said, well, I said, I don't know your situation. I said, but you're staking eternity on that one thing. And I said, when they, all the rest of them say something different. Yeah. And the message is, is one guy's belief about what, how this thing should be translated. There's no translation team that he gleans things from other people. They go, no, 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 no. You're, you, you ain't got that right. Yeah. That's because of this, this, and this. Oh man. I mean, it's, it's soft on the homosexual stuff. It's yeah. soft on marriage and divorce. It's all, I mean, it, it's basically strong on nothing, mm-hmm. but nothing. Yeah. And so, Somebody gave it to him, you know, he said, and so he's been reading it. Now, I'm sure that you probably read through some of the Conquest of Canaan and stuff like that, and it's mm-hmm. still probably good reads, yeah. you know, just for the, the dude stuff, you mm-hmm. know, the action and adventure. But, you know, I told him, I, and that's what I said, you know, yeah. this is just a book. Yeah, and so when, when we read the Bible as a rule book versus the greatest love story ever, it it'll change the way that you view Christianity. If we if we truly would view Christianity as 
is okay you know doing marriage counseling with a couple last night premarital counseling and it's like okay why is sin our biggest problem and and you know we list it out here's 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 reasons why reason number one it, it separates you from god and so you're going you can be separated eternally so you you've got to be in a relationship with christ to have his blood covering your sins so that you're in right standing with god because otherwise you're separated the second thing is is it's going to harden your heart mm-hmm. and so the we we can get so adjusted to sin to the point that that i can do things over and over and over again to where i'll justify those things and and where they'll become second nature uh what that, I, that's it the programs the nature. i view exactly yeah the, the nature of it i mean you know you think about you know from this standpoint of like if we just see the the bible as just this book of rules uh, you know, if God just wanted us to see it that way, then he would have given it to us that. And and then we could take comfort in the fact of how well we're keeping the rules. Right. That, that's uh, Peter said we're leaving that. Yeah, exactly In, in right. Acts 2, we're leaving Judaism. Absolutely. And you think about the mature, the process. I mean, like, think about Don over here, mm-hmm. right? Like, I baptized Don, right? Mm-hmm. I did Don's wedding. I was at the hospital when little D was born, right? Yeah. So all these, so think about all the process that Don has had to go through in his life. That's no different than everybody else, you know. So what Don has on his plate now is he's a new daddy. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got to look around. How old is D? Little ten months. Ten so he, months old. Yeah. yeah. So so you know he's looking. He's staring down the pipe. At a one-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So what he needs help is how to be a daddy with a one-year-old. Yeah. How and, do I be a husband to a mama with a one-year-old? Exactly. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Right. You know, and and they got a dog in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what kind of dog you got, Don? Yeah. And them little ones where his nose is mashed up, you know, yeah. and the um, uh, that snort and mm-hmm. you know, but um, do what? Yeah, big, big old eyes, right? Like right. you kicked him in the tail. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and yeah. the um. But, you know, like, so so there's this process we right. all got to go through. You know I mean? You and I got teenagers in the house, mm-hmm. right? And we're dealing with that, having teenagers. We're dealing with all the, the stuff. And so we could just as easily, you could just easily tell Carson, these are the things you must do mm-hmm. and get him to obey them, right? Right. But the, but the whole thing is is I want him to understand. And kids are good about this. They're going to ask why. So get ready, daddies. Get ready, Don. Yeah. They're going to ask why, and yeah. and we right. want to and get a notebook, brother. I'm just telling you. And and what and and I think I'm perfectly fine with my kid asking why, as long as they're searching. Yeah. And 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 yeah, I don't ask why just to just to. And I tell them that about the, their faith too. Like it's okay for you to have a doubt as long as you're searching for a reason to answer that. Yeah. Like we did the wedding feast at Cana with Mary last mm-hmm. week, and Liam. You know he's black and white. You know yeah. he's like, how do we know Jesus didn't make alcohol wine? Right. And I was like, you know what. I'm going to let you do Bible time next Friday night on that. So I want you to study it out and I want you to figure it out. And the, uh, so he did, he went through the mm-hmm. whole process and studied it out and, and did a great job with it. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's one of those things like I could have short circuited the process. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to short circuit the process. Right. You know, sometimes there's just a, a, a things that you have to do to let them know you can't do this thing. Right. In our shop class, like you're talking about, there's times that I have to tell them, you can't do that thing right there. Yeah. Like, you can't be a Tennessee fan and be highly intelligent at the same time. And so. I know. You got the, you got the <laughs> auto focus on Chris's face. And like, yeah. Well, that's good. Nobody wants that. That's a face. 
that's a logo for radio right there. I know it exactly. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary. All right. So it's like, it's like, like a hemorrhoid. It's like you won't. Uh, like you don't fear us now. You will be. Listen so, to Yoda. Yeah. You will be. Well, you know, I saw. You know, you think about that. I saw a meme the other day and. Was it about how horrible the national championship was? No. The, uh, those, oh, my goodness. Those, those memes, some things are so bad that you don't even make memes about it. Oh, my goodness. And and that was one of them. I shut it off at halftime because I didn't want them to get the ratings of how good it was. It's just terrible, right? Yeah. But go back to our kids then, you know, you, you think about, um, you know, this. We started with the dog, right? Now, you helping us get Ginger where she'll always listen to us because I told the boys. She's okay to stay here as long as she's not a burden. Yeah. If she becomes a problem and a burden, she gone. Oh, she going to be that. She gone. Because at some point, you're going to go to camp, you know? Yeah, but my neighbors will feed her. But yeah, see, she's okay, just an yeah. outside dog. Yeah, right. You know, so it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. So they mm-hmm. can just they can just feed her. So that being said, you know, you think about this, you know, our dogs are always going to be instinctive. We need to figure out a way to make them do what they need to do. That's right. And, our and kids need to think. We need to think. That's we, right. We have these characters that help us to understand how we can think through these things. So we look at Mary when she makes these decisions. Like, like you know, you and I were talking the other night. You know, is it any reason? Is it is it is it any reason that we shouldn't think that when when Jesus's first miracle that he does in John two, Mary asked Jesus to change. To fix the problem, yeah. really. She doesn't even really we say. We ran out of wine. Yeah, she didn't say turn this water to wine. She just says, we ain't got nothing else to drink. Mm-hmm. And and so only thing Mary has to go on is what God has done in the past. Yeah. Substance and evidence. That's what faith is. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. So she can look backwards as a woman. You think about the stories that resonate with us. I mean, the David and Goliath, the, you know, like David's mighty men. You remember the story mm-hmm. of David's mighty men? They fought so long that they couldn't take their hand off their sword. Yeah. You ever done something so long, your hand cramped up? Absolutely. And, yeah. And you can't even take, I've ridden my motorcycle for so long before that I couldn't get my hand off the, the handlebars, right? It was yeah. stuck on the handlebars. So you, you think about, you know, we love those stories, right? They're mm-hmm. fighting that long. Well, yeah. you know, Mary's going to look backwards at those stories of like, she's a woman that's going to totally depend on God. The way Hannah did. The way Hannah did. The way the Shunammite woman did. Mm-hmm. The way all these people of old did. So what she has is substance and evidence. And so she knows that God's done a lot of stuff for taking care of his people with water, water pots, all these miracles God's done before through these prophets and these people. And so she just says, we just don't have any more wine. We, there's nothing else for us to drink. She knew who to turn to. And, and Jesus says, well, my time's not come. But And you look at her, you look at her influence – and she's like, do what he do what he says, and walks away. And she walks away. Yeah, and just leaves it because she had this. And and I, I assume she walked away. Maybe she stood there looking at him and looking at them and going, do what he says. Like and she might have stood. She might have stood there mean like you do sometimes. <laughs> and she might have been looking at her boy Jesus and says, "Well, son, when when is going to be your time?" Right. You know, I don't know if she walked away or if she stood there. I know she didn't say anything else. Because well, and you think about the the small thing that she said, and and her influence with Jesus is is that that put into him. Bob, we changed the course of human history at that moment, because what you see is this white space scenario where Jesus says, "It's not yet my time." 
He's saying that me and the father, the father and I, if my wife's listening, so she'll correct yeah. me grammatically, the father and I, or the father, or however. Me the, and God. You know, the, the yeah. Trinity, the Father, right. Son, and the Holy. Right. We had planned a moment. Me, me and me had planned a moment. Yeah, us three, me, you know, me three had planned this moment when I was going to kickstart the ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this point in time when I would say this was the point that we're going to do it. And Mary says, I need you to do this thing. And he's like, well, it's not my time. God could look at that little out-of-the-way wedding feast, mm-hmm. and, and he can say, you know what? We can start from here, too. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead. And really, and, and how he started it, he started in the back room with his closest followers. Like, the 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 governor of the feast, then he called, you know. The, yeah, he's like, where did this come from? Where did this come from? And so the, the what was known... Who his, did it was was who was behind the scenes? Yeah, and his disciples. And, and it says they believe. And, and you and you think about like the, the power of your influence as as a mother with with whatever it may be with with the instincts of your children. Like I I want my my dog doesn't have to question anymore what <laughs> means anymore. He knows that means good things. That means a treat. That means a pat on the head. That means hey, daddy's calling me. We're gonna throw ball. You know, he, he knows that's good things or, I'm you know, w- whatever it might be. And so he knows those are good things. And and so that's the that's the culture that we've created with him. Well, when 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 I was back to this marriage thing that I was doing with two people last night is that every decision that you have to make in your in your life and in your marriage is, is this going to get me closer to God or is this going to get my family closer to God? And so there, you just got to make these, you got to draw these lines and, and things that you're never going to cross again. Me and Courtney, before before we ever got into ministry, um, and 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 I don't know if you get to do this a lot, but but I hope that that every minister, whenever you do premarital counseling, that you get to include your wife at times, and and hopefully a whole lot. But but you know, I, I was able to look at at them and said, you know, we don't have to decide anymore. On whenever it's a cold dreary sunday afternoon whenever it's 42 degrees outside or 33 and it's raining and and are spitting snow we don't have to decide anymore if we're going on a sunday night ain't nobody in south mississippi making that decision (laughs) but 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 but, or or whenever it's a beautiful sunshiny day and there's a barbecue that might be different you know and, and i'm working on this project out you know and we don't have to decide anymore on a sunday night if we're going to go or not and 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 Courtney said we decided that about really about fifteen years ago. You know that every every time it didn't matter where we we're going to be there when the doors are open. And we also committed that if I'm sick, she's still going to do her best to go. If she's sick, I'm still going to do my best to go. As long as we're not going to contaminate other people. The reason is because we understand that the benefits of being with God's people, encouraging God's people, and what we gleaned from being with God's people and hearing his messages and uh, hearing his message. And, um, and so those are, that's those treats. That's those whistles. That's the things that, that, that the father leads us. He puts these things in our lives. Well, he, he uses it, you know, and John, Jesus uses that analogy in John, you know, those are going to be taught are going to be drawn by God. Those mm-hmm. are going to, my father and I will come and make a home with him. All those things that Jesus is trying to draw this analogy, like, like, there's this there's this thing that's happening inside of you, and so he uses the analogy of the water. I mean the the wine skins, you know, like you we you, Judaism, you guys, we had this temporary system in place to help you understand who you needed to be as Jews until the Messiah came, but you can't pour back into that anymore. 
you pour the you pour this new wine that we're getting ready to do into that, you're going to burst the bag. Yeah, you're going to the the bag's going to burst. And he says he he goes on to explain things like like what you're missing is you're like the kids in the marketplace. The kids in the marketplace, they do these, they play these big people games. They play funeral, they play wedding, they play, they act like adults, but they don't understand what it means to be an adult. He says, you can't be those people either. You got to be the people that understand, like when they're playing, when your kids are playing wedding, like you need to understand how important a wedding is in your mind. When they're playing funeral, you need to understand how important death is. When they're playing business, you need to understand how important. Because Jesus is trying to get us to see that that God's system that he wanted us to, to kind of, this process he wanted us to grow through was not about us just going through the motions and playing it while we have a stick to sword fight with. When I don't have a stick to sword fight with, I don't sword fight. It's not that way with us. It's just not something we play at. This is something that we, we become and we mature into. And this is the process. And so God gives us all these people, all these examples, all these things that we can help learn from, from each other. Yeah. That's why he gave us the church. That's right. So that we have the older women teaching the younger women, the older men teaching the younger men, all these processes that you're going to, the things that. That's why he gave us the little children because, you know, because we, because those little children, you know, the older people resonate and they're like, man, if that little kid's doing that, I I need to be doing that too. Of such are the kingdom. Yeah, you, you know, Don come by me Sunday morning with throw up all over him. You know, yeah, little deal. Don, I don't know why you do that all the time. <laughs> and it, hey, you were preaching. Yeah. <laughs> I preach so much that Don's little boy. But but he come by with throw up on him. When yeah. you think Don thought this is a horrible thing, I hate this kid. No, now if I'm sitting on a city bus. And the meth head behind me throws up down the back of my shirt. Yeah. I, I'm going to be real upset. You know what I mean? I'm going to be real right. upset. But my little boy throws up on me. Mm-hmm. Like I brought Liam home from the doctor when he had his pen put in his hand. He was like, Daddy, I think I'm going to be sick. I'm, I grabbed the little throw-up pouch, and I'm literally holding it to his mouth. He's mashing his mouth as hard as he can against it. I can feel the bag filling up, getting heavier, and I'm trying to drive with one hand and thinking, wonder how much room's left in this bag over here. Wonder how much room. And, and you, you know, none, none did I think I hated doing this. Mm-hmm. None did I think, like, I didn't want – why? Because uh, this is just a momentary thing, right? Yeah. This is just a, this is just a thing. He'll, he'll grow through these things and, and it's a process for all of us. And so what a blessing it is. We can go through the process. And and the father can, can lead us by the hand and he's, God is waiting there every day. He's wanting to hand feed you. He's wanting to hand feed us. The Man most, shall not live by bread alone. The, the most blessed thing that we have. And you think, you know, that's Matthew four, four, you eat three meals a day and, and your fourth meal of the day should be Matthew four four. Man should not live by bread alone. Live on the on the but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so if if I'm wanting to a change a culture, well, if you if you want your kids to not be racist one day, then they need to see you hugging people of another color. Yeah, that's what Romans two. He says you who commit adultery and say don't commit adultery. Mm-hmm. You do you say don't steal and then steal yourself? Do you do you go through do these things? Yeah, you can't. You can never legislate like Annie Jones. I, I made this statement a couple weeks ago and in class, and what I meant by it, well, I said I teach my boys God's grace, His love, His mercy, His mm-hmm. all these things. But I and I tell them. It's going to be up to you to learn how to love him because I can't teach you how to love him. Mm-hmm. I can teach you about him and I can all these things, but I'll never be able to teach you how to love him. And Annie Jones came up to me after she said, but you can sure show him. Yeah. And, and you know that I thought about that and thought about that. And, and 
I can tell my kids all the things I want them to do. I mean, yeah. I can just, I can go through and I can try the same system, a rule book system, yeah. right? But until I have their hearts, mm-hmm. and, until the Lord really has their hearts, they're just going to be these these pharisaical, you know, uh, self-righteous, whatever, however you want to say it. You know, mm-hmm. that's, even if you're a good citizen, like you can follow God's rules and be a great citizen, but you're not, you're not the person that God wants you to be. Yeah. Because you're just looking at it as this system of rewards of rules, <laughs> just like your dog. When you whistle and your big giant dog comes running, you know, he's just working on a system of rewards. Exactly. There's no faith in that. Yeah. He'll never grow beyond the fact that I get this little petty, whatever it is from this, you know, reward. He'll never reason it out. Like I'm so happy that I get to serve Bob. Yeah. Right, because one okay, perfect example. When I tell him sit and stay, all right, he knows that if he sits and stays, and and I throw his ball or whatever, you know, he gets the reward to get to chase that ball. Well, right now he's got an ear infection, so when I your tell, dog's got an ear infection, yeah, they, they got them pointed ears, and so he's got a bacterial infection. Trust me, Chris, I tried the Bob and Chris method of letting him go through this thing for a month. <laughs> all right, it just got worse. What did you do? Cut one of his ears off? No. Uh, He's he's become like one of the children at at, at the Tips household. All right, but I and the thing is, is the vet bill they did the stuff before I knew how much it was going to cost. Oh, too. that's even worse. It's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, he's got a three hundred dollar ear right now. Oh man. Yeah. So, anyways, we're gonna see how much you love Ginger and, and see if Ginger's gonna be a burden or not. <laughs> yeah. Very subtle. <laughs> Daddy, where's where's Ginger? <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. Right. Doing to the happy farm. Right. No. So, uh, but but my dog, like, he keeps things away from the house that I won't kept away. Right. My dog will not. He is. My uh, dog will bring things to the house. She's a half beagle and half terrier. All the Amazon drivers will try to get out and pet your dog. All the Amazon <laughs> drivers throw packages out the window <laughs> yeah, in my house. Yeah, you have the ring camera. The guy flings it. And look, all you have to do is put up beware of the dog, even mm-hmm. though all he wants to do is play with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, does that dog bite? Only on command. <laughs> <laughs> all you have to say. Right. You know, and, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know, <laughs> say those things. Anyways, he's, He's like, when he's going, whoa, 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 he's going, come play with me. Why are you not playing with me? <laughs> right, get you that know? ball. Where's There's your tennis ball? ball. Right. Throw me a tennis ball. But, no, he's natural. He's a protector and guarder. But, so, so yeah, he's worth the 300 But whenever I tell him to sit and stay right now, and he knows I've got the solution in my hand to clean his ear out, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is not happy. All right? Right, right? He is not. And so there's some things that, you know, that – but he doesn't understand that I'm telling him be sit still and do this because it's going to be for your benefit. And he'll never understand it. He'll never understand it. And and while me and you you as a listener when you do when you do do things God's way, you may not know it in that moment, but but you will understand later on in your life that this really was a benefit for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And and that's and so when we just wanna, know this, God never told you to do something that wasn't good for you. You may not understand it right now. And it may be difficult and hard. Yeah, he didn't give us the easy things to do. And so if you do the things that God tells you to do, even if you don't understand them, you'll grow into those things if you want to. Allow the shepherd to – got to allow him to, to lead our lives. And, and man, it's uh, we got to have the courage to, to, to do it the right way and, and be consistent about it. And um, 
you got something else you want to close with? No. Thanks for tuning in. Hit yeah. that like, subscribe button. Also, if this video is beneficial to you or if you think it'll benefit somebody in your life. Uh, send us Harley stuff. Send it to <laughs> Send it to them. Y'all take care. This is the Unscripted.